All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. What is going on, everybody? John Scott here on the infamous Dropping the Gloves podcast. As usual, Tim Wurzberger is joining me. Tim, how are you? Doing pretty good. We were just saying it feels like it's been a while since we've talked, hasn't it? It feels like it's been too long. It's too long. If, if, if I go a day without talking to you, it's too long for me, though. I know. I didn't talk to you all weekend. I know. Day 116 in quarantine. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that light was a conference, a little press conference Gary Bettman put on today from his home, it looked like, in the basement. Did you notice he had nothing in the background of his house? Yeah. He, just, he was just doing his thing in front of like a, a white drywalled wall. It's like, what are you doing, Gary? Spice Like at least have some books in the background, a little like like office setting. But no, he was literally in the boringest room ever, which He's doesn't so, surprise me. He's so tone deaf. He's so vanilla, he paints his house in vanilla. That's Gary Bettman in a nutshell. Vanilla Gary, that's his new nickname. So anyways, he had a um, press conference. It was, it was going to be a big announcement, breaking news. Everybody tune in. And there was nothing. It was basically everything we've been talking about for the last three weeks regurgitated on his video. It was just stating, okay, we're going to do a 2014 playoff. We're looking at different cities. We have to make sure everybody's safe, blah, blah, blah. We already knew that, Gary. There was no, no news, really. No new news. It was just confirmation of the, yeah. the 2014 thing, which we pretty much knew. Um, but they couldn't even say which cities it was in yet. And just, there's, I mean, and they talked about the draft, uh, but it's just, yeah, nothing, nothing exciting. It was kind of a dud of a press conference. Real letdown. Real big letdown. Obviously, one of the cities will be Vegas. They're perfectly set up. They have the ice rinks. They have the hotels. They have the ability to quarantine people. 
So I think that will be the Western Conference's setup. If that's what they're going to do, they're going to do Western Conference, Eastern Conference. That'll be the West set up, and then I don't know where they're thinking in the East. We'll see. Because there's a lot of good options in the West. The East, not so, not so many. Not no, so no, many. I've, I've heard Vegas. I've heard Chicago as well. But that's another West. I've heard Edmonton is a West. Like, all these good options are in the West. Unless you're going to just travel all these teams all out West, like take all the Eastern Conference teams and ship them off to – wherever Chicago or Edmonton or who knows any other city out West, but we'll see. I, I think Vegas is a lock, which is good. And then we'll see where we go from there, but it is exciting. It is exciting. They're slowly, slowly inching towards players start practicing together. That's the next step. The NBA has already kind of gone down that road. So we'll see getting players over from Europe. I wonder when they should do that. Well, I think they've already let them know. So, <laughs> Oh, a little burn. So anyways, very interesting, not really groundbreaking news, but Gary spoke. So I guess we shall listen. Moving on. Any other thing you want to talk about, Tim, before we jump right in? No, I'm excited to to get into this. Let's talk about what we're doing today. So since it's been a slowdown of news, all we've been harping on is the coronavirus. We've done a few drafts. We try to We try to keep things fresh around here on Dropping the Gloves. And with the drafts, with the Hall of Fame things we've been doing, we've been comparing players a lot. And we've been going back and forth. And we thought it would be fun to take two peak players and have them go head-to-head and see who is the better player. And we're talking Hall of Fame players. We're talking guys who were the best at their position, guys who have multiple Stanley Cups and gold medals and this and that and accolades. And we're going to go head-to-head. And we just thought that would be interesting. And we'll put up, like, the, the comparison on Twitter, and you guys can vote to see who is better. We'll, we'll get your reactions. But then, yeah, me and Tim will each take a player, and we'll just have a little debate, a little healthy debate about who is the better player and what is the criteria for a win, Tim? Did we, we never really discussed that. The vote, I think, on Twitter. We, we well, can each make our cases. I don't think half of the votes that are cast even listen to the podcast. That's the problem. So, like, one time, I think, in our votes, we had, like, 100,000 votes. And I don't think we have 100,000 listeners. So I do think that is a little skewed towards people don't like me and people like you now like our demographic has shifted it's we're going to change the name of the show to the tim worsberger show dropping the dropping the gloves with tim so we'll see i guess we'll just stick with the twitter for the first round then if it doesn't go my way we'll switch it up but if it does we'll we'll keep it that way so for the first round we thought we would go with two canadian legends two guys who put their stamp on each of their franchises. They started with one franchise and they stayed with that franchise for their whole career. Now one player, that franchise did get relocated, but he stayed with them his whole career. They are now both GMs in the NHL competing against each other, potentially this year for the Stanley cup. Well, maybe not one team, but we are going to go with Steve Eiserman. Versus Joe Sackick. That's right, Tim. That's right. And it's funny because all the players that we picked have been in, in the similar or, or the same era. And these guys fit right in that category where their careers 
overlap pretty much most of their careers. And they also had very, very similar, if not identical careers in a lot of ways. I think there's a, there's a great argument to be, to be made both ways, but um, we spoke beforehand in preparation for this, where you're going to lean one way, I'm going the other, and we can kind of present, present our cases. Well, I think it's, it was important to get guys initially from the same generation because then you can't have that argument where, well, the goalies were really, really bad back then and the equipment's changed and guys are stronger and faster. So it's, it's really hard, and maybe we'll do this down the line, but it's, it's really hard to compare, let's just say, a goalie like Jacques Plante versus a Dominic Hasek. They, they played in two di- different generations. There's more talent. There's less pads. There's more training. There's this and that. And maybe, you know, one day we'll, we'll do a, a power forward from the past, like Frank Mahovlich or a John Beliveau versus an Eric Lindros. Who was the better power forward? But initially, we're going to do Eiserman versus Sackick, two Canadian heroes, absolute legends, guys I grew up idolizing. And we flipped the coin to pick who we'd want to argue for. And I, I got Steve Eiserman and you got Joe Sackick. I feel like I won the bet already just taking Steve Eiserman. That's, that's the kind of stuff you say to try to convince yourself that you're going to win, but you know you're not. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to bounce it back and forth or just have me go for 15 minutes and you can go for like five? <laughs> it's just, why don't you start and I'll just, I'll just tell you why you're wrong. All right. So Steve Eiserman, Steven Eiserman, Cranbrook, British Columbia, Another BC boy. Can I just say this from the outset? These guys have two of the best nicknames in hockey history. Stevie Y is synonymous with Steve Eisman. Very easy on the tongue. Just kind of rolls off the lips. Stevie Y. It just it has that ring to it. And then one of my favorite nicknames is Joe Sackick, Burnaby Joe. How cool is that nickname? Did you even know that was his nickname? No, you did not. And you're arguing for this guy. So he's born in Burnaby, BC. His nickname was Burnaby Joe. Like that's such a cool nickname, man. It's like Joe Camel cigarettes. We're not endorsing smoking, but man, imagine seeing Burnaby Joe on the corner smoking a dart. Ugh. tell me about it. But anyways, okay. So I got Stevie Y. Okay. If you guys don't know what Stevie Y he was a captain at 21 years old. He was his, he was Jonathan Taves before Jonathan Taves, where he took over a franchise in the Detroit Red Wings that was a floundering franchise. They were not very good before Stevie stepped onto the scene. They were okay, like they would have a 500 season. That would be good for him, good for that team. Stevie stepped on the scene and he immediately changed the culture in Detroit. He switched it from, well, maybe we can make the playoffs. That's a good season for us to know. We're going to win the Stanley Cup every single year, and if we don't, it's a disappointment. And that's the standard he set and immediately when he was named captain at 21 years old. Now it's, now it's common to see a young kid named captain. I think just younger kids, they, they are given things sooner. That's just the way the culture is these days. But back then, back in the early 90s, in the 80s, that was not even a thought in anyone's mind. In order to be a captain of a hockey team, you had to be on that team for five, six, seven years, earn the respect before you were given even an A, let alone a C. So for this guy to step into the league and to get, be given the captaincy right out of the gate, it's incredible. It is honestly incredible. And I, and I can imagine he took some heat because that's a big responsibility being named captain of an original six franchise. 
but he shouldered that burden and he put up one of the best careers of all time. The best him, not just like a run of the mill. He was a really good player. He had some all-star games when he retired after 20 years in the league, he was the seventh all-time scorer of all time. Let that sink in. Seventh all-time of all the players that ever played. That's, that's not bad, right? Not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. His, his best season of all time, his best, best season, he had 65 goals, 90 assists. I'm not a mathematician, but that's 155 points. Do you know the only two guys who had a better season than that ever in the history of hockey? Lemieux and Gretzky? That's it. Those are the only two guys ever, ever in all of hockey to have a better season than Stevie Y did in that year, where he had 65 goals and 90 assists. Not bad. Not bad. So he took a floundering Detroit franchise, led them to one... Two, three Stanley Cups. Three Stanley Cups in an era where winning one or two is pretty good. Gone were the days of dynasties. Gone were the days of the Edmonton Oilers and then New York Islanders. We're talking in the age of the salary cap era where teams were built and dismantled and championship teams maybe were one year, two years at the most. Three Stanley Cups. Unbelievable. All led by Steve Iserman. He, on top of team accomplishments, he also had individual accomplishments. He won the Lester B. Pearson Award, Most Outstanding Player. Won a Conn Smythe in 98 after a cup win. Won a Selkie in 2000. Won, made 10 All-Star games, no big deal. All-rookie team. Oh, and he won a gold medal in 2002, Tim. Did you know that? Yeah, Sackick was on that team too. Don't Sackick even try was that a, one. He was a bench warmer. I didn't even see him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what were you he, ten he years was, old? He was passing Stevie Y water because Stevie was thirsty from all the ice he was getting. Um, I think that's all I got for now. Can you can you jump in and give me some Burnaby Joe facts? There is no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back. Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge. A March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all of the action. Go to BetOnline, your online wagering solution.
So, like, when we argue this, like, I'm obviously not arguing against TVY as an elite, one of the best of all time. That's not what this is about, right? But I, I do think Sackett had a better career and had also a career of doing more with less compared to what Iserman did. So, regular season, just a quick comparison. Um, Iserman had 1.16 points per game in his season, um, and Sackett had 1.19. So, Sackett had a higher point per game in his career uh, in the regular season. When you look at the all-time point leaders, Eisenman seven, Sackick's nine. So they're both like, you know, the, the creme de la creme. But the only Sackick has fewer games played than everyone above him except for Lemieux. So he's like, he's not playing 1,700 games like these guys like Messier and Howe and Ron Francis. Sackick only played 1,300 to Eisenman's 1,500. So point per game, Sackick's actually higher. But, you know, regular season's one thing. You take it to the next level to playoffs where it actually matters. Sackick had more playoff points in fewer playoff games. He's a guy who would carry the team on his back. He didn't have a Fedorov to rely on. He didn't have those Russians to rely Forsberg. on. Forsberg. He didn't have, he didn't have Lidstrom and Chelios and, and Rafalski, my favorite American player. He didn't have those guys. He had, he had Forsberg for part of it. You know, he had like an Adam foot or a Tangay. Like he had some good players. So obviously these, these are good players, <laughs> but the, you're, you're, I mean, Eisenman, played on the best team in hockey for like 15 years. He was just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, Sackick had fewer cuffs where he had two to three, which is almost like almost equal. But almost but not. Why Eisenman had a much better team around him. Um, and same same with, you know, they're so similar too. where like Eisenman, Sackick had really kind of resurrected a, a city and a franchise in the Nordiques. That was just floundering. I had like two cup appearances, like really, really poor performance, never really done on a playoff run. And then Sackett took the team, put it on his back. And, and when they moved to Colorado, they won their first year in 96, won again famously in 2001 with the Ray Bork moment. I mean, talk about leadership. Doesn't even raise the cup. When has that ever happened? The captain did not raise the cup. Handed I've seen it, it off, a few times. But... Handed it off to somebody else. I mean, that's just, just legendary leadership. Um, so Joe Sackick, I think, you know, it's possible as ninth overall in points, uh, all time, he's p- potentially underrated. Uh, I mean, the guy just, he did everything there was to do in hockey. He also has a con Smythe, by the way, he also has a heart for the MVP. Um, I mean, Lady Bing, he's just, he's just, what a career. Um, I think, I think what really puts him ahead of Eiserman to me is the playoff performance with with more points in fewer games um, individual. You just you just can't really touch that. Yeah, I agree. They they were both big time regular season players. And yeah, Burnaby Joe was clutching the playoffs for sure. And they've had some playoff battles over the years. Like they've gone head to head. And if you look at those head to head battles, Detroit's come out ahead more often than not. Colorado won one of those series. Detroit won the other three. Or two, excuse me. So when they're in a head-to-head battle in the playoffs, I think you can look at individual stats, and Joe Sackick might have a few more points. Not not that many more. But I think the edge has to go to Stevie Y. And when you're looking at rosters, in the playoffs, they rolled Patrick Waugh in that 2001 series all the way to the cup. Like, that's why they won the cup. It wasn't because of Joe Sackick. It was because of Patrick Waugh. And Ray Bork. And Ray Bork <laughs> yeah. and a couple other names. You have the Milan Haydukes and I, Rob Blake was there. I think when you go down the list, he had the, quite the cast and Joe wasn't really the, the guy holding the, holding it together. He was the guy who would talk to the ref when there was a penalty 
But when the game <laughs> when the game was on the line, I'm giving the puck to Hayduke over Sackick in that situation. In Detroit, I want it on Stevie Wise stick. He's gonna he's gonna put the biscuit in the basket, and he's gonna make sure things. Do you do you remember the the epic highlight in overtime versus St. Louis? Stevie Y just outside the blue line rips a slapper top shelf and wins a series versus St. Louis. You probably don't even remember that. It was no. one of one of many epic highlights that Stevie Y had over the years. He's just and this is not slighting Joe, but I think if you look at clutch performances, not just total points because yeah he like everyone knows and this is a known thing throughout the league the scorekeepers in colorado were the greasiest scorekeepers <laughs> dude you so, are really reaching now joe anytime there was a goal he would be getting the second assist i how many points in the playoffs were assists for joe and i wonder how many of them came at home i guess uh, three quarters of them were at home how do you sleep at night <laughs> comfortable because by the way I know, what 2002 Olympics, they both wore the A for Team Canada. Lemieux wore the C. But this is the team that had, like, again, Adam Foote, Aginla, Jovanovsky, Korea, Lindros, McGinnis, Niedermeyer, like Owen Nolan, like these some elite players. And they were, they were the two guys that wore the A for that team. Yeah, and again, Steve Eiserman was the higher A. He was the <laughs> A+, plus, and Joe was the A-. minus. I, I think – we're comparing apples to apples here. They're very similar players. Like you said, their stats are almost identical. Eiserman does have a little bit more longevity. He played 1,300 plus games as captain of Detroit. That's, in- that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Joe Sackick was so embarrassed to win the cup in 2001. He knew he didn't do much. So he gave the cup to someone else. That's why he gave the cup to Bork. Is that right? It wasn't out of respect. It was like, I don't deserve this. Take it, Ray. Take it for a spin because I was pretty much riding your coattails, you and Patty Wah. You didn't you didn't read that article? No, I must have missed that one. Did Jack yeah. Edwards write it? No, someone else wrote it. I can't remember. But that's why. That is honestly why. So let's put this up to the fans to vote then, huh? I think so. I think when you look back at it, they're both number 19s. They were both captains of franchises that have historic success but when you just look at it from a grand scheme of things Eiserman has a slight edge that's that's just the way I look at it and I think you you'll be hard-pressed to disagree with me should we talk about should we talk about their post playing careers how they're both GMs in the league now how they both Eiserman guided Tampa Bay to the brink of a Stanley Cup and now they're Stanley Cup contenders this year again and he left because he wanted to come back and guide Detroit back again. I we're talking playing careers. Okay. Well, Eiserman's better looking too. So that's just if you know, not for nothing. I I will agree with that one. What's what's your line for a good looking dude? Man rocket. He's a man. He's a man rocket. He is. Burnaby Joe's throwing a couple pounds. <laughs> yeah. So, you, ever, you ever meet either of these guys? I've meet either of them. I've yeah. met them both. Yes. Yeah, I have. Very nice gentleman. Very upstanding. Actually, Sackick is not. He's a garbage. No, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. They're both good dudes. But anyways, yes, fans, let us know what you think. I, I always love hearing feedback and love hearing because whenever we do this, you hear in- interesting like stories and stats and games that we, I never realized happened. So it, it's cool to hear things that I don't know about because I, I know a little bit, but I always am trying to learn more about guys. And yeah, let us know, you know, so 
Iserman Saka. Head-to-head face-off, round one is done. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope this was enjoyable. I like doing it. I think it's fun to go head-to-head and do a healthy debate. And uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I, I'm interested to hear everyone's take. Tim, I'm sorry, but you did your best. And, you, you know, better luck next time. We'll let history decide this one. I think we will. All right, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's staying safe. Get out and enjoy this beautiful weather that we've been having. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.